Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for anointing our eyes with eyes that we may see. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for strengthening us with might in our inner man. We thank you for boldness. We thank you that you are ever-present help in times of trouble. We thank you that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we thank God for yet another opportunity for another week. And we are really, really grateful to God for counting us worthy each and every day. And as long as he still counts us worthy, we would work the works of him who has sent us. We would do the will of God and accomplish it. And we would do it while it is day. Because we are not ignorant of the fact that a night season of our life will come where we will not be able to work. We thank you once again for being with us for two years. Last week we had our, our two years anniversary. And last week's episode was quite a lengthy one. So tonight, we are just looking at some shots that God laid upon our heart to discuss. Hopefully, it's going to be a short discussion. And it's titled, Don't Leave Home. Don't Leave Home. Most often, when I go through social media, I occasionally, I remember one particular time, um, somebody, I think I saw a tweet or so that the person wrote something like, I never knew that. A house does not come with curtains. It does not come with toiletries. It does not come with a blender. It does not come with a microwave. It does not come with a toothpaste or whatever. <laughs> because somebody has, so this person apparently moved out of his parents' house and is now staying alone. I'm sure they rented an apartment. And the person has now realized that, hey, I have to buy curtains. I have to buy a water heater. I have to buy a washing machine. I have to buy this. I have to buy that. When the toothpaste is getting finished or is finished, I must go and buy another one. When the toiletries are getting finished, I must go and buy another one. Because in the father's house, <laughs> immediately the toothpaste is getting finished. The next morning, by the time he or she wakes up, another toothpaste is there. So the person did not really appreciate what it means to wake up every day and go to the bathroom and see toiletry and see the soap and see a toothpaste. And now when the person gets his or her salary, amazingly, the first thing on his or her mind is not going to buy that new shoe or going to buy that gadget or going to buy this. But immediately the person gets the salary, the first thing is to do calculation. I'm going to buy this toiletry and I have to change the curtains, I have to do this. And the person is like, so because of this thing, they see things like adulthood is a scam. And I also, my friends, sometimes they put on their status. A particular friend of mine, a lady, whenever she puts <laughs> adulthood is a scam on her status, it, I just mostly calculate and I say that, oh, it's the end of the month. She has gotten a salary. But then it has dawned on her that the salary she has gotten 
is literally going to buy this, going to buy that, going to buy this, going to pay bills, the water bill, the light bill, and automatically she has become all conscious that when you go to a particular room in the house and you are no longer there, you are supposed to offer the light because at home you can go to the kitchen, you leave the light on, you go to the hall, you leave the TV on, you leave the fan on, you leave the aircon on, and you are just living freely. But until she started paying bills, <laughs> when it, when she sees the lights go, she always starts as in fact the, the consciousness of paying bills will always remind you to off light. Nobody would have to remind you that you are wasting water. You are, you are the light, you are leaving light on. So she says adulthood is a scam. And the reason why she says adulthood is a scam is because now she's living on her on, on her own. She's no longer in the father's house. And I was just thinking, I've been seeing this thing a lot, and God just ministered to me the story again that we have done on this platform. The parable, which we mostly call the parable of the prodigal son, but we believe that the ideal title is the parable of the loving father. And we just want to peruse that scripture, just focusing on what the younger son did. And I'm sure it's the story we are all familiar with. The Bible said that the younger son came and went to his father and said, give me my portion of the inheritance that belonged to me. And the Bible said, not many days after, he left the house. And we just want to look in, zoom in on this piece of scripture. As I've said severally on, on this podcast, that many a times we don't acknowledge the fact that non-verbal communication is sometimes more powerful than verbal communication. And many of us may not appreciate how painful this scenario is, that you are a father, a wealthy man, a blessed man, Everybody wants to get associated with you one way or the other. Everybody's trying to use your name, trying to use a, some sort of relation with you to gain advantage. And the very boy that you love, that you nurture, just wakes up and does not give any reason and just says, I want to leave the house. Even though he didn't say the reason, he has indirectly communicated to the father that one, I don't enjoy staying with you. Because why would you want to leave a place you are enjoying? And you see, this thing will really make sense to you when people walk out of your life without a reason. That is why whenever in court someone gets a broken heart and the lady or the guy is trying to wrap their mind, what they want to find out is why did he leave? Because the person's leaving communicated something to you which the person did not say with their mouth. Because imagine you're in a lovely relationship with your boo and your bae. Then all of a sudden, one day you wake up to a text, or one day he or she calls you that let's meet her. And as as we say, it is not you, it is me. I feel like we're not compatible. You know clearly that what this person is saying is just a scripted something that he has rehearsed. And the person just walks out of your life. It's something that many people are unable to recover from. And many people close up when that happens to them when people walk out of your life without an explanation. And it's the same thing that this younger son did to this father. Why would you want to leave my house? So imagine my president, or you are a big man, or a big woman, as you would say, and everybody wants to come to you, yet your child just says, give me my portion of my inheritance. And the guy did not give any reason. He did not say, oh, I have a business opportunity or I want to be a man, so I want to stay on my own. He gave no reason whatsoever. And look at this father. The father did not question, oh, son, why do you want to leave? 
what is the problem? Am I not giving you enough top money? Are the cars not enough? Should I increase the number of house helps at your beck and call? The father did not say anything. And interestingly too, when the boy received his inheritance, the Bible said that not many days after, it tells you the way this guy was in a hurry to leave the house. This would definitely mean that something was not right. And you can imagine the house helps in the house. They will be gossiping. Hey, small master has left. Hey, what do you think it is? Mm, I heard that eh, this is everybody cooking up stories. Then when the father is passing through his mansions, then you can see the house helps whispering. Hey, Oga, Oga. Small Oga is leaving Oga. Eh? Then somebody will say, I heard that o- small Oga wants to marry Akus. But Oga is saying, no, don't marry. You know, you cook up fantastic stories. And you can just imagine how hurt this father is to see no other person than his youngest child leave the house without any reason. It's a really painful scenario. And I remember I've read a book by one of my spiritual instructors. And the title is, those who leave you is a very painful thing. Some people that you have done things with you thought they would be with you throughout the journey and all of a sudden they leave you. But then this is the mistake that the younger guy or the younger son made. And that's the mistake that many of us tend to make. This guy thought that the only thing he was benefiting from his father was his resources. So immediately he went to the father. All he wanted from the father was his share of his inheritance. He did not recognize the fact that there were many things he was enjoying in his life just by being in his father's house. And all he thought he needed was the resources and he'll be okay in life. And that's the way many of us live, especially when we finish university and we think now we are grown-ups. Because in quote, we don't want our parents to know our ins and our outs. When you are going out, you must tell your father or your mother. When you come back by seven, you know, there'll be police in your life. Well, it depends on the home, the type of home, but generally. And all your life in the university or all your life when you are doing your national service, all you keep telling yourself is that after service, I will leave home. Just because of one thing. And you lose sight of the fact that there are many other things you enjoy just being in your father's house. But because we are so obsessed about the one thing we think we don't enjoy, we complain and we take the wrong decisions. You see, I've noticed one thing about many rich people, not many, but a number of rich people, especially those who who were not born into rich families, but they were able to gain their riches. Many of them, they lose sight of the things God taught them through the season of lack and want. And they focus on the one thing they did not have, which was money. The only and when they grew or when they or when they were grown up, the one thing that they vowed is that my child will never suffer poverty. So you realize that many rich people think that parenting is all about providing material goods for their child. But they lose sight of the fact that there were things that they learned in poverty and scarcity that made them who they are. And the only thing that they focused on, that when I was a child, I didn't have a school. When I was going to school, they didn't give me money. I always went to school hungry. I always went to school without a pair of shoes. As for me, my child, always a driver would take my child to school. My child would get... I said, hey, 
you think that the only thing you lacked was money because you lose sight of the fact that there were many things you enjoyed that God took you through. When people were growing up, God taught them the importance of gratitude. God taught them the importance of patience. But when you look at many rich children, they don't know these values because their parents thought that the only thing they lacked when they were children, which was money, is the only thing they are supposed to give to their children. That is why I thought this was an African issue. But I was watching a documentary on, I think, either Henry Ford or one of those um, billionaires who, who built America, if I should say. And the guy who was giving a commentary, he made a statement that, yes, he was talking about a particular family. Um, I can't name for, I forgot in a particular family. And he was saying, and he mentioned that this family is quite a unique family because this is one of the few families in America that the generational wealth has stayed in the family for long. At least we all know about the Rockefellers. Almost everybody who is in the Rockefeller family has made it in life, according to our definition of making it in life. But many families are not like this. Most wealth, by the third or the fourth generation at most, their wealth diminishes. It is very rare to find wealth stay in the family for more than five generations. It's very rare. But the good thing for the European society is that most of them, when they're about living, they leave their companies into boards and they have shares and stocks. So their companies are able to outlive themselves. But when it comes to Africa, particularly Ghana, because we are clinging to our business, we will leave our businesses to our children. And by the third generation, our businesses have collapsed. I always give this example. The school I went to when I was in primary, it was a very good school at that time. But a man left it for his daughter, and that has been the end. I remember one time at work, I and colleagues were trying to find out if we can find companies that have outlived two generations. It is extremely difficult to find even a business in Ghana that has two or three branches that have outlived two generations after the founder. Because by the time the founder dies, either the children are playing the buffoonery or one way or another, or the man was involved with so many women that he just crumpled the empire. If that doesn't happen, by the time his grandchildren are born or great-grandchildren, something would have happened. Because many times we think that we are supposed to give to our children is money. Forgetting that in the times when you went to school hungry, God was teaching you endurance. Forgetting that in the times when you had to learn with a candle, when you had to go through certain unpleasant situations, when God was exposing you to certain circumstances, God was building virtue in you. That is why it's almost impossible for children born in rich family to have this virtue. So many times we lose sight of the one things we lack or the one thing we lack. And this young man, he thought that the only thing he needed was his father's money. But little did he know that there were many other things that he was enjoying just because he was in his father's house. And many of us were like that, the young ones. We just cannot wait to leave home because we think that our parents are hampering our joy. <laughs> I remember one day, you know, I know I've said this platform, I'm mostly there. Even I listen to a particular relationship show, and the lady sent him, and she was complaining that her boyfriend still stays with the, the parents and is spoiling things. And the counselors did not get, as in the show, the counselors did not get why the lady was angry about that. But the reason why the lady sent that message was because the guy is staying with his parents, 
the lady cannot go and stay over or do sleep over or however they call it. So that is why she's angry. And you see, this young man also will, will lose sight of the fact that by the mere presence that or by the mere fruit that he's staying with his parents, it means that God is delivering him from fornication. So maybe his whole life, I want to leave him, I want to leave him, I want to leave him. But just by staying in your father's home with your parents, God is delivering you from fornication and a life of distraction. But we don't appreciate these things. We don't see these things. Many a times, we don't see the blessings we get by being associated with certain people. That's why we are so quick to leave home. But this evening, God's word to us is that do not leave home. Do not sleep. And when this prodigal son, after he has spent all he had on routers, we know the story. Farming king. It's interesting, but that's what we are focusing on. And when the guy was competing with pigs over their food, then the Bible said in the Hindi that he came to himself. Then he realized the many blessings he was getting just because he was in his father's house. And one of those blessings that he had was having people at your beck and call. So he said that, ah, even the servants in my house, in my father's house, were living far better than I was living. When he thought about the fact that even his maid servant, the guy who used to um, lace his shoe, who used to polish his shoe, is living a better life. Kojo, Kojo, ah! Kojo Christ eating chicken. Then I'm competing with pigs over their food. When he thought about it, he said, no, <laughs> I would return back. And that's what made him come back to his senses. That just by being in his father's house, was all that he needed to stay relevant. And that's what many of us are missing. Don't leave home. And this is the truth that David well understood. And throughout several scriptures, David gives us various reasons why it is important not to leave your father's house. And I'll run us through some of them. In Psalms 26, 23, verse 6, we say this almost every Sunday. He says, Surely goodness and mercies, or goodness and love, that's the NIV says love, would follow me all the days of my life. And I would dwell in the house of the Lord. I would dwell in my father's house. It was very important to David. Look at Psalm 27, verse 4. He says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this thing only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. There was something David found out about staying in your father's house that he's saying that if you ask me one thing, I want to just stay at home. <laughs> I don't want to leave home. <laughs> there must be something about being in your father's house that David found out. That to the extent that David could say, if something should happen, that I cannot be in my father's house. That is in Psalm, I think, 84, verse 4. He says that, I would rather be a doorkeeper, eh? I would rather be a gate man in my father's house than to be anywhere else. And that's the same thing the prodigal son said to himself, I would rather be a servant in my father's house than to be a servant in a pig style. There must be something about being in the father's house that David understood that this prodigal son missed out on and he thought that all he needed was money. Honey, what you need all you not need is money. You need more than money. You need more than money. That is why you should, if you be patient with God, 
when he's taking you through certain seasons. Because God knows that money is not a problem. There are certain things that I must make sure that are well intact in your life before I can give you that inheritance. So the son, by leaving the house, was indirectly also telling the father that I've been waiting for you to die, but you are not dying. So some of us are like, we are waiting for God to promote us. We are waiting for God to open doors for us. We are waiting for God to elevate us. We are waiting for God to whatever. But the Bible says in Galatians 3, until the time appointed by the Father, there must be something about being in the Father's house, which David discovered. And we just want to run through some of them in Psalms 26, verse 8. Some of the things in the Father's house. Lord, I love the house where you live. Oh, I love my father and my mommy's house. He said, why do I love my father's house? It's the place where your glory dwells. Is the place where your glory dwells. So just by being in the Father's house, you are able to share in your Father's glory. So it's like, imagine you are the son of a rich person. Just by the fact that your father would have important people passing by the house, you can get the opportunity, as you would like to do in our generation, to take pictures with them. Whereas if you were not in your father's house, you would have to go, please, can I take a picture with you? You have to be arranging them. But imagine you are in your father's house and president, governors are coming home and you want to even pitch an idea to them or you want to do something with them. You don't need to struggle just by being in the father's house because that is where the glory dwells. And David knew this. That is why I'm saying, Charlie, I love where you because that is where the glory dwells. Let's look at something else in the same today, we are staying in the book of Psalms. Psalms 36, verse 8. He said, They feast on the abundance of your house. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. You see, when we were young, we used to have uh, fruit. My dad used to buy fruit whenever he goes to work and come. So, whenever in the evening, my mom was very particular about not eating late at night and all those things. So whenever we are in the evening and we are hungry, I say, Mommy, you want food? Hey, go and cut the papa, or go and cut watermelon, go and cut pineapple, go and cut orange, you know, and she will make us eat the fruits. But now, sometimes after work, after eating, I get hungry at night, and I calculate how much it will cost to buy me an apple. I have one day. <laughs> I said, oh, today they are not really hungry, I'm not really feeling for anything, so I'll do food salad. I spent a whole lot of money. I bought mango, I bought pineapple, I bought different. Oh, I cut, cut the thing, I put it in a plate. Oh, I ate the thing. I ate around, I think, 5, 5, 30. Three hours later, <laughs> oh, the hunger that was ravaging my stomach. I said, if I spent this amount of money, because if I was even going to get food, I would, have, I would have spent less than the amount. Because imagine buying mango. Look at the price of mango. I bought one. I bought one pineapple, I bought, and I cut, cut it small. I bought oranges. And upon eating all this food, I was still hungry. So either I had to fix myself something or get something. If I was in my father's house, I would feast on the abundance of his house. I would go to the fridge open, I see a drink, I see fruits, I see yogurt, and I'll be contemplating on what to eat. But right now that you stay alone, you will appreciate how expensive <laughs> It is to have your food fully stocked all the time. But David said, I would feast on the abundance of your house 
and I would give and you would give them drink from the ring of your daylight. When was the last time you drank yogurt? Eh? Because you have left your father's house. You can't drink yogurt in peace. At least those times when our father used to go out and they come, at least they'll buy those things. Even if they don't buy for you. I remember those days we used to sit when you're watching TV. I used to sit at the base of his chair. When he's done drinking and he can't finish the yogurt or whatever, the fruits, then we come and my siblings, we fight him over it. We are eating out of the abundance of his house. And you know, those parents, they eat only small and you buy so many. I am occasionally. Then you buy what we call kebab and, and kelewele and granite. When he buys, he just eats small one and you leave it there. I am my siblings. Our eyes are on it. <laughs> we are feasting on the abundance of his house. But right now, when you calculate the light bill, the water bill, you have to buy a, a box of water, you have to pay. You relax, you relax. But David knew that there's an abundance in his father's house. Let's look at another one too. In Psalms 42, verse 2. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Almighty God, of the Almighty One. You see, these are things that we enjoy in our Father's house that we take for granted. The protection of your father, the covering of your father. I remember one time a friend told me how they were robbed. Amrobers came to the house and he locked, <laughs> there were three girls, the Amrobers locked them in the bathroom and ransacked everything. But because they were well-to-do family, by a week's time, everything was restored. The dad was able to go buy a new TV, buy a new whatever, whatever. But imagine you are staying alone and God forbid, <laughs> but Amrobers came to take away that TV that you had to save four months to buy. That rice cooker, that stone, you would imagine how zero you have been brought down to. Because now, all the savings have done just to buy that washing machine, just to buy that cooker. Everything has gone to waste. But in your father's house, you will know that at least that is not your headache. I remember a friend of mine was complaining. I think the mom said that you, you, are, you are finished school, you are working, but you are still in my house. So you did. The cylinder is for you. Whenever the gas cylinder gets finished, go and fill it. The way it was paining her, that ah, this money that I'll be saving small, small, just buying gas cylinder, it's paining her. That's what many of us will despise. But David knew that protection is a sure guarantee if I'm in my father's house. And the same thing to the prodigal son. The only reason why he, he, he suffered the effects of the famine. It was because he was no longer in his father's house. If he was in his father's house, he would have even known whether there was famine or not because there's always abundance in the father's house. You see, rich people, you see why sometimes people complain that the economy is high, that the price of goods are... Rich people don't appreciate these things because many of them, they, don't, they never knew the price of any commodity because they never buy themselves, especially if they are government officials. The government stocks their fridge every week or every month or whatever. So they don't know the price of milk because they never buy milk. In fact, when you get in contact with a rich man asking the price of a bottle of water, he has no idea. Look, I have no idea. I'm a rich man. <laughs> he says, so this is when we are when people are complaining and eh, that this thing has now increased, they don't they cannot sympathize with you because they never knew the price of water. So they can't even appreciate the thing you're saying that, hey, now brother, what is this? This is this, this, this. They never knew. So this young man, if he was in his father's house, he would have been protected from the effects of the farming. But because now he was out of his father's house, 
he was suffering, he noticed that there was famine. Protection is a sure guarantee in the Father's house. Psalm 52 verse 8, I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. To flourish is a sure guarantee if you are in your father's house. You would blossom, you would prosper. You would be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bears its fruit in its season. Everything you do would prosper because you are in your father's house. So if this guy was in his father's house, even if maybe he wanted to start a business, and he goes to preach an idea, he, he may not know, but his father will be going behind the scenes to convince people that Charlie, my son is the one preaching his idea, please open the door for him, give him a free pass. We never know the things our parents does behind the scene for us, sometimes, if they don't tell us. You never know, especially some of us, when we, 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 we finish maybe secondary school or primary school or university, and we want to go to a particular secondary school, some of us, our parents knew headmasters and headmistresses in certain schools and they had to make calls that my son wants to come to a school but the grades are not good can you do something for me and you may go to a prestigious school not because you had the good grades for it but because you were in your father's house so he felt the burden of making sure that those who, and the psalmist is saying that i'm like an olive tree flourishing in the house of my father honey don't leave home psalm 84 verse 4 Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Ah, joy, unlimited joy is a product of being in a father's house. You know why joy? You know, the lack of money can make you unhappy without even problem. I think I've shared this story before that sometime ago while I was on campus. When we were leaving campus, we were going to Arrowsters. And I and three, I and two friends we were working. And apparently we are all angry. We didn't know why we were angry. Like so we were just silently walking, Charlie. We are tired. You have been at the whole day at the lab doing our research. We are all tired. Then I think we had a notification. I think we were, no, we were doing our national service or something like that. Then we had a notification that our national service allowance had dropped. All of a sudden, we became chatty. All of a sudden, we started talking about football. We became lively. Then it dawned on us that all of us were sad because we didn't have money, but we didn't even know why we were sad. You know, you can become moody. But immediately money lands in your pocket, automatically your mood changes. Little do you even recognize that because of the lack of money, <laughs> your mood is not the best. So because you are always enjoying the generosity of your father, you are always full of joy. And this prodigal thought that, you see, that is why when he took his money, he went to feast and went to live right just living. Because every day in his father's house, every Friday night was a night of chilling. So he thought that chilling was a natural process in life. He didn't know that there was a price to pay if you want to kill a goat, if you want to get wine. Because every Friday, they do party now, they drink wine, they kill animals. He did not know that those things cost money. So when he took his resources and he left his father's house and he was going from party to party, little did he know that he was depleting his resources. So joy is the product of being in the father's house. And I think the last one, not the last one, but the last one that we want to just draw our minds to is in Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed are those who choose, choose and bring near to live in your courts. Ah, 
we are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. So there are many goodies. There are, there are some of these say those who build close to their house, to their father's house. Just build close. I remember when they had church, I think we were having a relationship talk. And one of the people we invited, she was like, luckily for her, her husband also had a house or he had a rented house very close to the father's house. So she was still enjoying the benefits of her father's house. So times that she gets back home late and she cannot cook, she just walk like two or three um, um, houses to their mother's house. Actually, she goes to the kitchen, ransacks the mother's soup, brings it to the house, heats it, warm stuff for the husband. Sometimes weekends when she's tired, then she just go to her mother's house, use the washing machine, come back home. Sometimes she even leaves it. The mother will iron and wash it for her. Hey. So he said it was strategic that she decided to live very close to the father's house. So that in case of in case it is, <laughs> she has a place she can run. And the psalmist is telling us there are good things. Good things. Good. Good. And this were the good, the many good things that we enjoy. But because we are so focused, and I want to stay alone, I want to live alone, and my mother, because of small sending, your mother will send you. <laughs> you don't want to stay. Because of small fufu, you will pound. <laughs> you want to leave home. We look at the fufu, you will pound, and get angry. And we say, I want to leave home. But we forget that we enjoy protection that we enjoy goodness, that we feast on the abundance of the house, that our lives are full of joy because we are in our Father's house. So tonight, this is what David understood about being in the Father's house. And the prodigal son deciding to leave the house hurt the Father. And as I was just putting upon this word, God gave me two points that I wanted to enjoy your minds to, and we are done. He leaving the father's house was simply saying that I want to be independent of my father. I don't want to be dependent on my father anymore. I want to do things my own way. I want to leave home the time I want to leave home. I want to come home the time I want to come home. I want to eat what I want. In fact, I remember this story. That's, I think I saw it on media that it's when you grow up that you appreciate this saying that. There's food at home. There's no need to buy this food. You know, sometimes when you go up to your parents and you see an ice cream or you see yogurt or you see pass by a restaurant and they are grilling chicken, you want to buy. And your mom says, hey, hey, there's food at home. Why do you want to buy this food? <laughs> Many times you don't appreciate it. But when you start, when you grow up, I remember I went to a very expensive restaurant to eat. I regretted. I told the person, the people I went to, that this thing. The food I eat at home is way nicer for this than this food over here, and it's way cheaper. And now when I eat, I eat to my full. This food is expensive for no reason, for absolutely no reason. So that is not maybe appreciate the fact that I eat the food at home. There's no need to go and buy food. So most of the time when I go to restaurants, I'm either going to buy, buy a drink or a snack. But there's no need to waste that money because there's better food at home. But this young son leaving the house was declaring independence from God. What is God telling us? Many of us want to be independent of God. That is why we want to leave home. And that is why our lives are such a mess. Sometimes I listen to the problems people tell me and I ask myself, how did they get here? Some people's lives are really complicated. 
If you listen to their finances, the mess that they are in. If you listen to their relationships, the mess that they are in. I'm like, how did they get here? They got there because they wanted to be independent of God. They wanted to live life on their own terms. They didn't want their father and their mother to tell them when to come home and when to leave. There is it one day outside church. Another one day, most of when I go to church and we're having either these relationship talks and people are asking questions. Genuinely speaking, I cannot relate with them. I really can, but you know, I, I have to look humble. That oh, I understand you, but I really don't understand because the relationship these people are having, I just don't know how they got there in the first place. You listen to their stories. I remember talking about money. Huh? Give your beloved money. Hey, which which relationship are these people inside? I I could not relate. I I could not because people are living life on their own terms, independent of God. My finances is ruled by the word of God. My relationships are ruled by the word of God. My emotions are ruled. I try to make them ruled by the word of God. Every choice I make, I try to be dependent on God's wisdom. How old am I to live life based on my wisdom? How old are you? The man who has been there, ancient of this, he is giving the cheat codes to live life and say, no, God, I don't like your own. I am wiser than you. This is how relationships are supposed to be done. We are modern people. I really cannot relate because the things people are doing in a relationship, the things people are spending their money on, the things people are investing their youth on, I just cannot relate because people are living terms or life on their own terms in the Dependent of God, devoid of the wisdom of God, devoid of the instructions of God. Sometimes you listen. Eh? My husband has done the, the woman. I wanted to show him. I want to. I, I don't. I don't live life on revenge. I don't revenge. I don't. I, I forgive. I don't think about revenge. Eh? My husband or my baby. I want to do this. I, I'm not a dishonest. I try not to be a dishonest person. So I don't hide. Some of he said, hey, he blocked me, he posted this, he showed this. I, I, I just could not release. Hey, I came to watch for my beloved, I came to cook, I came to do this, I gave the person money, the person, the money is too much. I remember somebody was complaining that uh, my my girlfriend says the top money I give to her is too small. That things I could not relate. I don't give anybody top money. Hey. <laughs> but because we are living life on our own terms. We are eating the food of pigs. If only you stay in your father's house. If only you be dependent on God. Is the reason why you can't find the energy to read the Bible? It's because you, you think your wisdom is okay. That is why you are cool. Because the way I need wisdom, eh, I cannot afford to go a day without looking into the Bible. I need God's wisdom to live. The way people can mafia me, I need God's wisdom to know how to live peaceably with all men. I love David for that. How to relate to people. Study David. I know that I am no good in finances. So I will study the people in the Bible. How did God instruct them to that? But you think you are wise. When you go to church and they're speaking, it's as though you have never heard anything. Many a times when the sermon is going on, I just look around. I look at how people are so passive to the word of God. Because they are living life. And yet, they keep coming with problems. You just can't find the head and the heel. The last thing about living home is that the reason why you want to live home is because you think you and your father 
are on the same level. Because the condition that Genesis gives us, he says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two will become one. So when you are married, when you are also a father, according to Genesis, you must leave home. So because many of us, we think now we are as matured as our parents. We are as matured as God. That is why we are we want to be independent of God. And this was what Mama Eve fell for. So when the devil said that when you eat, you will be like God, Eve started imagining being like God. So now when God begins to walk in the cool of the day, wherever God was coming from, Eve can also go to that place. Eve was imagining how she and God will sit down. When God says one, she will say two. When God says three, she will say four. She wanted to be like God. She wanted to be co-equals with God. That is why she fell for that temptation. Because you and your father, you think you are as wise as your father, as your mother. That is why you want to live home. Because there cannot be too many, too many cooks who spoil the soup. There can be only one captain on board. Because when your father talks, you also talk. When your mother talks, you also talk. Well, I know the two of us were on the same level. Imagine having Jose Moreno or Jose Moreno and Pep Guardiola coaching the same team. It's not going to be possible. So because you think you are a coach, so recently, or not recently, yeah, recently, recently, yes, a, a, a coach, a, a, an assistant coach called uh, what, Ateta, who was the assistant coach of uh, Pep Guardiola, left being assistant to go and coach his own team. Because he felt like, me too, I have the credentials to be a coach. So because we feel like we have the same credentials as our father, that is why we leave home. When God says, husbands, love your wife, you say, no. Me, my wife is like this, my wife is like that. So now you and God, you are sharing ideas. I just reminds me, this week I've been studying about Saul. And I love what happened. When I love what someone told Saul. I think in 1 Samuel 15, verse 10. You know, God gave Saul an instruction that when you go kill everybody and do not spare everybody, Saul disobeyed. And when someone confronted Saul, Saul was now explaining and reasoning out why he did this, that the instruction that God gave him was not wise. Someone made an instruction. Hey, when you were little in your own eyes, wasn't not God who made you king and appointed you ruler over Israel? So those times Saul was submissive to God he saw himself a little before God but now he had become a king and it was about three years after he became a king he thought that now him and God they are on the same levels so when God says one Saul will say two when sacrifices was reserved for the priests and the prophets Saul was like Charlie Samuel is delaying so Saul went to offer the bent offering so the prophet told King Saul that when you were little was not God who appointed you. Now you think you are back. So you can decide to disobey God. But this was the wisdom that David had. So the day that the act came and David was jubilating like a kid and his and Saul's daughter, who was David's wife, Micaiah, said that you were disgracing yourself. I love what David said. He said, hey, I am dancing before the God who took the kingdom out of your father and gave it to me. So David always realized who made him king. Saul forgot that he was hiding under baskets. And it was God who told Samuel, the guy is hiding, he's a coward, he's hiding. Go and bring him out and anoint him as king. He forgot. You forgot it was your father and your mother 
who were there for you. But now, because you have a degree, because you can speak some big things, because your earnings are coins, you say, hey, mommy, hey, puppy, it's okay, me too, I'm a man. I can also leave. So the prodigal son feels like, Charlie, this man is a billionaire. He's like, me too, I can be a billionaire. You just give me my inheritance. I would invest in Coca-Cola. I would invest in, in Chelsea. I would invest in what? Cryptocurrency. After three, four years, I'll get rolled over talking big things. Don't leave home. So these are the two things that the son communicated when he left home. One, I want to be independent of God. Two, I'm on the same level with God. Georgian Club or Georgian Club. And Thomas Tuchel cannot coach the same team. You are a coach, I'm also a coach. So one of us must go somewhere else. So God's message to you is that don't leave home. Do not live life based on your own terms. You are not matured enough. Why have you stopped praying? You are not strong enough. You see, because we feel like we are immune to temptations. We are strong enough. We can face what tomorrow may bring. That is why we don't cry before God in prayer. That's why I always say that the sin we commit when we fail to pray is the sin of pride. Because prayer is expressing your dependency on God. God, I need you for daily bread. God, I need you for protection. God, I need you for favor. But because you now think you are a big man, doors open before you left, right, center, you don't need to pray for favor again. But remember the words of someone to Saul. When you were little in your own eyes, was it not God who chose you and appointed you as ruler? Don't leave home. Don't be like a prodigal son who says, Father, I want to be independent of you. I want to live life on my own terms. So what's my message? How do you stay home? It's by reading your Bible and by praying every day. It's by subjecting your life to the wisdom of God. These two things are two important things that expresses your dependency on God. You are not strong enough. You are not favored enough. You are not wise. It's especially the wisdom. Because when I read people's comments on social media, I say, hey, they are wise. So, like the way people are so arrogant in making comments. As a child, challenge, challenge. As many sometimes if uh, maybe there's a situation going on and people are giving their advice. I say, the word of God has said this. You think you are wiser than God, especially when it comes to relationships. I just cannot relate with what people are saying because I don't, I don't go through these things. I try my best to stay in my father's house. And within the confines of his world. So Paul says in Ephesians that Paul, a prisoner of the Lord. What is a prison? A prison is a confinement. I live in, in the confinement of the boundaries of God. And I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for myself that we will never leave home. That is why Jesus said that the kingdom of God, before you can inherit it, you must be like a child. Immediately you think you are old enough, then you will see the need to leave home. But if you want to enter the kingdom, you must always remain a child. Hence, you must always stay home. You want to just spend some time in prayer. We want, to pray, we want to pray into our future that God, may you always remind us of this truth. May we not be like King Saul, who after you have anointed him, after you have chosen him, after you have made him a big man, after you have made him king, 
He now thought he could decide how he would live life as a king, forgetting that it was you who chose him. Father, may we never forget. May we always be children before you. Oh, our Father. May we never stop calling you Father and start calling you brother or our friend. Hey, you are our Father. And we declare our eternal dependency on you. Father, when we are big, when we eat to our satisfaction, may we remember the God who chose us. May we remember the God who appointed us. May we never be like this prodigal son who said, Father, give me my own share. May we always stay in your house. May we have the desire of the psalmist who says, one thing I long for, one thing I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord. And may we always be like the psalmist who says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell somewhere else. We would rather be gate man or gate woman in our father's house than to live anywhere else because we know in the father's house is a house of feastings, it's a house of joy. For we are like only trees flourishing in the house of the Lord because we know in the Father's house, we enjoy your generosity. We thank you that our lives are getting bigger and better and greater because we are in the Father's house. We are enjoying our Father's connections. We know that doors are opening before us because we dwell in the Father's house. We dwell in the house of He who has the keys of David, the one who opens doors that no one can close, and the one who closes doors no one can open. Father, we declare our dependence on you whenever we are tempted to declare independence. Independence day. Father, may you remind us. May you bring us back to our senses. May we be like the prodigal son who the Bible said. And when he came to himself, Father, we speak into our future that may we always come back to our senses whenever we are tempted to leave the Father's house. We thank you for your word. Oh, they are refreshing. We thank you for times like this. We thank you for this podcast for two years of continually watching us, of continually renewing our minds with the word of God in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you so much, so much for being with us, for joining us today too. We are believing God for more years. We are believing God for more arsenals to wage war. We are believing God for more water to refresh our mind. Remember that we are still giving God our best. We are not yet big enough. We are not big enough to stop giving God our best. And we are owing no man nothing but love. See you next week. And bye-bye.